And now all I could think about is like, how, how am I going to get back? And if there's, if there's no plan, um, if there's no diagnosis, there can't be no, no plan. Pete McWilliam, I'm an offensive lineman for the McMaster Marauders, and you're listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today, Dakota and I are continuing our conversation with student athletes and how they have dealt with mental health in their sport. Joining us today, we have, I guess you're now third year, or would it be second year? Second going into third second year? Second year. Second, the whole, second the whole year co- going into third year next year. The whole COVID thing has thrown me off so much in trying to figure out what year you guys are in. But second going into third year, offensive lineman for the reigning champion, reigning Yates Cup champion, uh, McMaster Marauders, Peyton McWilliam. Peyton, how are you doing, man? Good, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time to join us. Um, so we, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording, so we kind of know where we want this conversation to go or sort of where it's going to go. But off the jump, um, one thing I'm very curious for a player like yourself, when you're coming into a program in your first year and, hey, you guys are the champs. Uh, that must make be that. How did that? How does that make you feel when in your very first year with the team? Obviously, you know the Vanier is the true, true uh, yeah. chip that everyone's chasing. But a Yates Cup's nothing to scoff at, right? Mm-hmm. What's the feeling around the team? Just from conversations you have with guys in your class, or just thoughts you've had yourself, where you're like, "Man, we won the Yates year one." Yeah. How how does that? Um, how do you deal with that? You know, I can't. I can't say that it's something that I expected. Like I'd be lying if, if I said that. I mean, West, Western was a powerhouse and I came in not knowing a whole lot about, about the team. Um, Cause I mean, we're pretty quiet on social media and stuff. So you don't, you don't see all of our, our big guys, but then when you get there and you start to see the culture and then coach P gets everything rolling, then, then you realize that, you know, we could do something special and we just kept on going and going and going. Like we were winning, we were winning game after game. And then, we got the bye. We we beat Guelph, and and the Guelph game didn't seem as close as, as the score uh, made it look. And then I'm not gonna lie, we I'm I'm going on the bus with my buddies to Western, and we're thinking, all right, you know, it was a good run. And then we go down two scores at, at the beginning of the game, and then we roar back, and and then uh, Chris Merchant goes out, and there you go, you're Yates Cup champs. And we just thought we were gonna keep on going, keep on going, but now. Coach P's back. Coach P got uh, brought the Yates Cup back home, and now we just think that's the standard. So, what um you know talking about Coach P, and of course that's Coach Stefan Potasic. Um, in terms of your signing at Mac, uh, just because I don't know the the exact dates of when you signed and when he came yeah. back, was he already uh decl- or had he already re-signed with the team that he was coming back when you had signed, and or just how much of a role did that play for you in recruiting, knowing that? a legend in the game of football, but yeah. specifically in the McMaster, in the Hamilton region, was coming back home where he uh, you know, made so much noise in the beginning of the decade. Yeah. So I didn't talk to him. I talked to Mac very little. I talked to uh, their offense coordinator at the time um, here and there, but they were never really like, they were never actually at the, at the top of my list. I didn't think I was going to end up there. And I remember telling my dad, there's, there's no chance I'll ever go here. And then there was the the announcement on social media that Coach P was coming back, and I had talked to him a little bit uh, when he was with UBC, um, and I said, Dad, like we got to get in, I got to get into contact with Coach P ASAP. 
So he brought me on a visit, brought me on an unofficial, brought me, uh, brought me on an official. And my dad, my dad actually didn't know that he was the coach. So we went, we went into the office and we were, we were talking and we left the meeting. My dad's like, wow, that guy, that guy's awesome. Is that the OC? I'm like, dad, like you, you dumbass. Was that the head coach? <laughs> and we left and it was, it was pretty much a, it was pretty much a no brainer from there. Like listening to him talk and, and, you know, he doesn't just, he doesn't talk to you like you're just a number, you know, he, he cares about you. He cares about every guy on this team and like everything added up throughout the year. Like he, he was rock solid. He's the best, best coach in the country. Hands down. Well, you know, I, I hear that from so many guys just speaking, um, speaking praises towards uh, coach Patasic. So that's fantastic that you've landed in a spot with a man like that. Um, so let's go back to your first year, as we already highlighted a Yates cup year, but for yourself, a little bittersweet, uh, because while you wind up on a team with, as you said, one of the best coaches in the country, and you wind up on the OUA championship team, uh, a little bit of an injury, uh, uh, well, a bit of an injury-riddled season, to say the least, for yourself. Yeah. Do you mind uh, getting into that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, it was a day or two after training camp. It was, it was a shortened training camp, and I had a pretty good camp. Um, and we, we were playing Laurier in, uh, in a friendly scrimmage or whatever you want to call it. Um, and we were doing, I think it was inside run and, uh, coach, uh, coach Kelly Ireland put me in, uh, for a rep with the, the second team. And I, I reached up with my, with my left arm like that. And, um, I think it was Sam Aki and Pong, I don't know his name, but he yeah. swatted, uh, my forearm. And I felt like a pop in, it was pretty much my tricep, what I felt and, uh, and a little bit in the shoulder joint. And it, it was something that I had felt, um, when I was younger, but not to like this extent, like I had to relax my arm and then it, I popped it back in, went down, uh, to the, to the locker room, talked to the trainers, um, got iced up. And I said, all right, I guess, you know, I'll sleep it off, see how it is, um, tomorrow. And it just never got better. Like I couldn't move my arm above my head. And um, it was just the worst possible start to my university career that I could have imagined. And, you know, we, we discussed this a little bit before, but that's obviously has, has yet to, you know, what or I guess just for those listening, watching, what's your status at now, right? Because now we're so, a year and almost a year and a yeah. half after that, right? Yeah, so uh, I finally have a diagnosis. I, I tore my labrum and uh, cartilage connected to, to my labrum. I don't know the official wording for it, but that's what the doctor told uh, told me in simplified terms. Um, but yeah, I took, I think it was four ultrasounds, three MRIs, four x-rays. And then on the, on the last MRI where they injected dye into my arm, they finally got the diagnosis. So really, really thankful to finally know what it is and get the surgery and uh and start moving forward with my with my rehab whenever that gets done so let's talk a little bit about just that journey for yourself the just the numbers of x-rays and mris and, and ultrasounds as far as just your uh, your your sort of state of mind going through all that just that's so many ups and downs and no yeah. doubt you're doing a lot of rehab work and um you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine maybe a few stints trying to get back into action yeah, and realizing it's yeah. not quite 
how how did you cope with all that? Like it, it must have been an absolute, and it must still be an absolute roller coaster of a ride. Yeah, just trying to get back on the field. Yeah, it was it was a roller coaster to say the least. Because you know you go, every guy goes in there and they think, I want to make an impact. I, I want to do something on this team, and then it gets it gets taken from you. Um, but not knowing what exactly it was made it so much harder, because I got the first test done and it and it showed uh, I think it was tendinosis, and it, uh, so I talked to my trainer Pusky and he said, so tendinosis, you know, it's, it's going to hurt for a little bit, but there's no tear. That's good news. You should be good to go soon. So I heard that news and I said, all right, I like I'm going to get my helmet on and I'm going to go no no contact uh, until it starts to you know be a little bit less stiff and it just didn't get better. And all the guys are asking me, Hey man, when are you going to come back? When are you going to come back? And I'm like, I really want to come back, but it, it hurts, man. It really hurts. And then I ended up putting pads on and I took, I think one or two reps and I said, no, there's no way. Like I'd love to, I'd love to practice and I'd love to be out there, but it just, it just hurts so much. And, and I'm thinking to myself, as I'm getting all these test results back that are inconclusive or they don't have, they don't have anything on it. Um, like, is this all in my head? Like, why does it, why does it hurt so much? And I'm, and that made it so hard because I want to be happy that my team is six and two and going on to be eight, eight cup champs. But all I could think about is, you know, I wish, I wish I was out there on the field. I wish I could do something, help my team, uh, on the practice field or, uh, or in a game, but it, uh, it definitely, it was definitely a roller coaster. You know, one of the things you kind of mentioned in there that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm curious to sort of have you elaborate on a little more. And, and, you know, this isn't to throw anyone under the bus or or throw shade at anyone, but the the conversations with teammates around when you're when are you coming back or yeah. when are you when are you write to play. And just to quickly dive into some of my own experiences, not, not just quickly, the thing that bugged me the most uh, as a as a player was when the the trainer or coach the the method is or they tell you well do you feel right to play and a lot of times i'm like well you know you're the you know medical expert in the room here yeah. you tell me and a lot of the time it's a matter of not are you right but are you good enough to play can yeah. you return to play the classic hurt or injured and yeah. as you said a lot of inconclusivity in the tests you're going to and sort of having this pressure in your head of like, am I just going nuts here? What's this all coming from? Did it feel like there was any pressure from, you know, outside forces? And like I said, don't need to name names or anything like that, but did it ever feel like there was just pressure for you to come back? Yeah. Like that's a big thing, hurt or injured. I mean, my dad always said that to me, are you hurt or are you injured? Cause if you're hurt, you can go back out. And I'm getting all, I was getting all these inconclusive results. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm hurt. I, I gotta, I gotta do it. And I'm, I'm a rookie. So obviously the bets are, are going to be on me and say, come on, we need, like, we need you to get out there and, and yeah. stuff. And you don't want to be, you don't want to be the guy that's, that's faking an injury or something like that. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I don't want these guys to think that I'm, I'm faking an injury or, uh, you know, I just, I just don't want to practice or anything. Cause that was definitely not the case. So when, when I got the results back that it was con- like, it was torn. I messaged my teammates right away and said, Hey, I got a diagnosis. That was like the biggest weight off my chest ever. I mean, the, the guys were, were, were great. Um, you know, they were very supportive. Wyatt Edmonds, uh, White Croucher, Jacob Zott, my vet, they were all great throughout it all. I know they just, they just wanted to see me out there and, 
you know, to give me a kick in the ass. And, uh, and they, yeah, they were really supportive throughout it all. So I'm really grateful for that. Well, yeah, I mean, I only know Jacob Zott because of uh, Eagles. He's a great guy, and uh, I've heard nothing but good things about your uh, your big trench warriors there. Um, but, you know, you're talking about, and this isn't, again, no, no shots on anybody, you're talking about guys trying to you know, pressure you to get back out there, um, and even your own mentality. I mean, I've I've played through injuries. I've played through concussion, which, I mean, I'm now still yeah. dealing, with, dealing with right now. I mean, I know a lot of people have, but the pressure to kind of get back out there and kind of, I know you're, you're, you're obviously, you know, going into your, your third year and still kind of young in the, the youth sports game. But at what point do you kind of realize whether it's a physical injury or, you know, since this is about mental health and, and stress, at what point do you kind of have to take a second and be like, look, I need to listen to my body or listen to my head and, and, yeah. and give myself that, you know, day or week or month or sort of thing and just kind of not listen yeah. to the outside pressures of coming back to play. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely taking a toll on my mental health more than anything because, I mean, it's pain in my shoulder. It's like... I'm still a fully functioning human being. I just can't lift my, my arm over my head. But I mean, every day, obviously you're thinking like football, football is your life. Like you, you want to be out there and you can't be out there. So you're just, you're thinking about it 24 seven and you don't want to be in the gym every morning when you could be on the practice field. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was definitely more of a, a mental a mental battle than it was a physical battle for me in first year and uh, actually so when we won the eights and we were we were thinking all right we, we could go on a ride here coach p brought in a banner um to sell to alumni or whatever and he said everyone i want you to sign your name and and write one word for uh what's it called for how you would describe the year so i signed my name and i put mental toughness because the the whole year even though i wasn't on the field i had to be mentally tough every single day to get up go to the gym and and think like you're in this for the long haul you know like you, you're hurt you're injured now but um a couple of years down the line like you're gonna be glad that you stuck it out when you're working well you you gave you know in that response you gave one of the most football things i've ever you know you can ever hear a guy say which is to say that you were you saying you were fully functioning, but you couldn't lift your arm over your head. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. newsflash, Peyton. If you can't lift your arm over your head, you're not fully functional. But that's of course the mindset of a football player, which is perhaps you know. And I, I'm just I'm teasing with you, of course. But yeah. part of these conversations that we've been having with guys is that you know we love this game for so many reasons, but sometimes yeah. the culture of it and the the expectations and just what has been done before and you know it's kind of sort of worked so we're going to keep doing that thing and it gets it, 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 the same thing kind of gets repeated over and over again and you know sometimes we don't stop to actually think well are we taking care of our, our, our young men to the best of our capabilities so so on that right. point I, you know you kind of mentioned how it affects your mental health were there any resources or were there some resources that you had uh, accessible to you during that time or, or perhaps even still now um, that you found helpful or just just things that have been able to help you cope with, you know, because as Dakota highlighted, of course, you're a young football player, but football's your life. Like we know this. Yeah. We know what it's like to when you're just in, so engrossed in the sport. What what types of things have you been able to look to to perhaps give you a little ease of mind in the midst of this roller coaster ride? I think, you know, the the university is very, very good at providing us resources and letting us know that the resources are there. But it's, I mean, it's ultimately up to you to go and find those resources. You gotta, you gotta go out and say, hey, they're like, 
I'm not, I'm not doing too well. I need some help. Um, and I think a lot of guys, especially in sports, like there's so much stigma around it. You can't, you can't go out and say, Hey, like, I'm not, I'm not feeling good. Like I need to talk some, to somebody right now. And a lot of guys deal with it on their own. And I think that's a big reason why you see guys drop like flies on the team. Like we started off with, I don't know. I don't even know how many guys I know this is the case for every team, but guys just drop like flies because they can't handle the balance of it all. And it takes a toll on them mentally. But um, I, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough good things about our coaching staff because if we ever need anything, Coach P, Coach Patazic is, is there for us whenever we need. Coach Grant is there for us whenever we need. My, my offensive line coaches would be there for me in a second if I needed anything. Um, my offensive line coach, Coach Riley, he was incredible throughout it all. Coach Wonk, uh, he was always kicking me in the ass to get going and work hard. And I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't say anything bad about any anyone on the coaching staff because those those are your best friends on campus, like your your coaching staff. They'll they'll ride for you. They'll ride for you. Well, I mean, we absolutely love hearing that. Um, you know, and just the fact that you not only have resources available to you, but you have just the the infrastructure of of, of people that are there to support you. So, you know, trying to look at the sort of positive side of this, if, if we can, what is now having your diagnosis, what is your timeline like in terms of you getting uh, back into playing shape? And, and I'm curious, how has that changed your mind sort of now having a more um, a more solidified path of like, OK, we, we know what it is. We've identified yeah. the problem because, as you said, that kind of inconclusivity must have been one of the biggest burdens of it all. And you mentioned it, it was oh, a yeah. weight off your even though it's weird to think that finding out you have a torn yeah. cartilage and all that. That's actually the weight off your shoulders. Like, finally, we can actually address it. Exactly. Yeah. The doctor w- was shocked when I when I like when I said yes, like said, yeah, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to have surgery. You, you tore cartilage. You tore your labor. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and he was so he was so confused but that's that's the biggest thing i could start taking steps towards getting back on the field and it's ultimately going to come down to uh covid and what what covid's going to allow i'm going uh if we have a spring camp this uh this spring i'm obviously going to miss it but uh my hope my hopes are that i could get uh in for surgery sometime in the next two three months um I read the OUA return to play plan and that said something in early, early September, right? Uh, I, I mean, I think, <laughs> let's, let's hope but, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not counting any chickens until they're hashed in terms of football. Yeah, yeah, right now, but, but so that, I mean, there, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. Um, so there's a, but there's a shortage of hospital beds, which is going to make it really tough to get in for surgery. So what, two or three months then I got six weeks in the swing uh two months until I could start lifting uh lifting somewhat uh normally again and then it's six months uh minimum until I can be cleared so it's a it's a pretty long long road ahead but I mean you got to do what you got to do and knowing that as we were kind of saying just knowing there's an actual roadmap in front of you yeah has that kind of helped deal with the just different anxieties and and what however oh, yeah. it is that it's manifest in terms of affecting your mental health yeah for sure like it was probably the biggest weight lifted off my shoulders that i could ever imagine like yeah i i mean like i said you go you go in wanting to contribute and you got all these plans and you talk to all your buddies about it and my family wants to see me play my friends want to see me play everyone wants to see me play 
and then I get in there and it's like, it's all gone. And now all I could think about is like, how, how am I going to get back? And if there's, if there's no plan, um, if there's no diagnosis, there can't be no, no plan. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just a, a monkey off my back really. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm happy to hear that man. Cause, um, and as Dakota said, you know, he's been there in similar, uh, fashion in terms of dealing with injuries playing, you know, I've been there, um, in more ways than one. And to the point you raised, uh, I, you know, I had so many sprains and strains and all the, I, I wish I broke a few bones in my, in my life playing sports as well. I wish I broke more bones because a broken <laughs> bone's pretty damn simple, right? You put yeah, it in a cast, you're out for, you know, probably a longer period of time than if you were to return to action than if it were some type of a sprain or a strain, but it heals a lot of time. It heals stronger than it was before. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you don't really have to worry about it anymore, but no doubt, um, you know, given your own convictions about wanting to return to play, the people you have around you, and just everything you've been through already, I, I, I'm so certain that, like a broken bone, you will be returning stronger yeah. than you were before. And and at the end of the day, too, you know, we get four or five years normally to play this sport, university, if we're lucky, a couple more. And so the fact that you're taking care of your body right now, knowing that you got a whole life ahead of you to live outside of football we love this game but there's so more yeah. so much more that comes in our life once we hang up the cleats uh yeah, so i'm sure. happy you're taking care of that man um Thank so you. hey i really appreciate you joining us man uh and opening up about what this has been like for you uh and especially during this year of all years um so all the best hopefully you get that surgery um and you're back on the field in the marauder uh in the marauder maroon uh yes, sir. start of 2021 Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hopefully I can come back on uh, sometime in the future when I'm when I'm healed and on the field. Whether you're healed or not healed, you always have a spot on the show with us, okay? Thank you guys. I appreciate it so much. Take care, man.